of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio program, where we are your one-stop shop for all things common sense and conservative. Certainly not complicated, and today's show isn't going to be complicated for you either. It was big news yesterday. Stephen Crowder getting the manifesto of this young woman who was clearly troubled. Anybody who walks into a school, anybody who walks anywhere with the intent to hurt people has major, major problems. This story has gotten so much bigger than that, and it's really going to be the bouncing off place of today's program. The title of the show, we can see clearly now. The drip, drip, drip is becoming more of a steady stream of information. All of the things that you've suspected that have made you feel weird inside that have caused you to stop, pause, look around, and see if everybody else is paying attention to, only to find out that they are not? Well, it's changing. It is changing, and it is changing quickly, and for that, we celebrate, and we shall, as we walk through the mire, the muck, the swamp of suck of news of the day, but there's always a good spot, and we will have it for you, and so much more, right here on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Remember our app? Wendy Bell Radio Network, our podcast, Wendy Bell Radio. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. I noticed several kind of more fringe news outlets out there And that would pretty much apply to everybody who's not legacy media of suck. A lot of these organizations reporting on Steven Crowder, getting his hands on that manifesto that has been under lock and seal. I don't know why, but you know why, because we found out why yesterday. Crowder dropping it on the internet. On his program, releasing the words of a troubled and indoctrinated and lost young woman. And the reason why the mainstream media won't talk about her is different than why these ancillary news outlets 
don't want to name her. I think we're all tired of violence and sickness and its after effects. And so as to not glorify the offenders, the evil, we dance around that and just say, the shooter. Well, the shooter was a young woman who had been taught to hate. Audrey Hale was the living embodiment of a Frankensteinian-style experiment where the monster rises from the table as the lightning bolts strike outside the castle, wherever this terrible experiment is going on, and arise she does. The culmination of many years of messaging. White people are evil. White people want to own other people. You should be ashamed. You need to be deprogrammed. You know, I just want to go back. And I know I'm not alone. I want to go back to the day before cell phones, before computers, before Facebook and all this nonsense. And I just want to remember what it was like because it was good. It wasn't perfect. I was a product of the 70s and the 80s. The hottest thing we had in our house was a cordless telephone. So that one that was in the kitchen on the wall whose coil was all knotted up, right? Was replaced. Microwave, cutting edge technology. I remember working at Foot Locker. And you guys remember the old school credit card machines, right? You put it in that little thing with the three pieces of paper and and try not to smash your finger in the process. It's amazing we didn't have identity theft back then. We didn't have pressure because people could instantaneously compare their lives with what people were putting out purportedly about theirs. I don't remember reaching school age and having any kind of political, sexual, or inappropriate conversations with anyone, let alone teachers. And I never knew anybody who was preyed upon by someone with malintent. We went outside and we worried about when the streetlights came on. And I remember going into the bathtub and seeing how filthy my knees were because we played and we rolled around and we laughed and we got hurt and our parents told us to brush it off, walk it off, rub some dirt in it, move along. I was never told I was special. Nobody celebrated me as being the second coming of anything. I worked for what I got and I had an older sister who was far more talented than virtually in everything than I was. I had a little bit to prove. That was the extent of heartache and indoctrination in my life. A mom who stayed home because my parents believed in that. I wasn't latchkey. I wasn't alone. I didn't get into trouble too much. Made some mistakes, but nothing serious. And I wish I could give that to my kids. 
Because I see them walking around with cell phones in their hands 24 hours a day. They don't communicate verbally anymore. It's by text. Where nuance is lost and miscommunication is rampant. There's pressure even among boys about body shaming, self-image, mental health. We didn't talk about that sort of stuff when we were growing up. We rolled along with the punches, realized that puberty sucked, and that ultimately down the road it would get better. That's what high school reunions are for. But it's changed. And our children have become prey. They have been mechanisms of manipulation to be groomed in many ways to become the young activists of tomorrow, to be the ones that we see now pouring out into the streets, covering their faces and donning Palestinian scarves and chanting things that if I heard one of my sons say, I would slap him across the face hard. We got spanked as little kids we knew right from wrong. And the person we feared more than anybody else was dad. Mom held the balance. I don't know when that changed. Perhaps when my generation was told all girls should go to college. Break that ceiling. Go be successful. And then there's that challenge when you find someone and fall in love. And it's time to start a family. How do you manage that? Well, not by checking Facebook or YouTube or clicks or downloads or follows. It is hard work. It is hard work. It is trial. It is error. It is failure. Oftentimes more than it is success. But it is the joy of the struggle. And we are blessed to be able to do so. This young lady in Nashville had a whole lot going on in her. None of the six victims was one of her problems. She is the culmination of a social experiment that doesn't work. And I don't know how we deprogram those who've been brought along, who are in queue, in the waiting room, who are ticking time bombs themselves. I wish I had the answers. I do not. I do know, however, as we watch trends, that the stories the media does not, does not cover are the ones that we need to pay the most attention to. And those they browbeat mercilessly are almost certainly smoke screens to blur our vision and distract us from what we should be paying attention to. And that is exactly today's story. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this push to get Joe Biden out of the way. Not everybody's on board. We've got some conflict. And then we're going to go into this young woman who lost her mind in Nashville and the desperation of the left to conceal her motivation from all of you. It's coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program.
You know, we're seeing a lot of we're seeing a lot of scabs come off. COVID made us captive. We were aware, we were home, we were paying attention, we got restless. We we started paying attention online. We saw what our kids were doing. We listened to the messages more. We did some of our own research. We became more skeptical. And we got to see some real ugly wounds in this American experiment. Flawed people all around us. I mean, heck, I'm at the top of the list. But I think what we're seeing now is the residual effects of this phony baloney land that these progressive ideologues have purported to be the new way. And the new way is predicated on always an underling. There's always a have not. There's an internal struggle. There's an inherent disproportionate balance struggle. There's something that someone is fighting for and they need you on their side. And so there's this emotional story that accompanies it. It's not black or white. It's not like in your own business. It's sales. They're either up or they're down. That's what you need to know. This is nuanced by shades of gray and realms of interpretation. And it's not working. And so what do we see with this whole Joe Biden conundrum? Everybody knows the dude is, is out there. Everybody knows he's not running the country. Uh, and I think most skeptics realize that 2020, if you don't think it was completely bogus, that you are highly suspicious of the cover-up. You don't cover up something that you're not trying to hide. And all they're trying to do is cover up. So that brings us to this Joe Biden subject. What do you do with this guy? He's enough of a blockhead whose sole identity has been since 1973 when he became a senator in Delaware. It has been politics. It's not about meeting, it's not been about meeting payroll or, or worrying about, you know, where is my insurance going to come or what about my retirement plan or what about my employees and am I contributing to their health care? He's not had to deal with adult things. And so he's been able to clumsily struggle, amble along as a mental midget with a very conflicted interior portion of him that's corrupt, which makes him completely pliable to those who just want to use him as the face of their destruction. Obama. That's what this is. So we've got David Axelrod, top Democrat strategist, suggesting now in a New York Post article that Joe Biden drop out of this race. Now, he, he's not going to say why. He's going to open the door for this conversation that the media also cracked ajar slightly yesterday. They've gotten the green light. It is okay now to move past Joe Biden, but you've got to get by him in such a way that it's not so obvious. Well, Democratic strategist credited with leading former President Barack Obama's 2008 victory has now suggested that Joe Biden drop out of the 2024 race after this poll we brought to you yesterday from the New York Times. Donald Trump just cleaning his clock in five out of six swing states. And the sixth, Wisconsin, is a statistical dead heat when you factor in the margin of error. So Axelrod pointed to this polling, blah, blah, blah. And he wrote on Twitter, 
that the data, quote, will send tremors of doubt through the Democrat Party and will create legitimate concern about having the president seek re-election. Only Joe Biden can make this decision, Axelrod said. If he continues to run, he will be the nominee of the Democratic Party. What he needs to decide is whether that is wise, whether it's in his best interest or the country's. Well, it's in Joe Biden's best interest because he's further insulated from the criminal probe into his crime family operations. He has some degree of cabinet-level folks in all their departments running interference, stonewalling, slow-walking, running out the clock on his behalf. Every day he stays in is another day he's not in jail or is not forever tarnished with that asterisk next to his name in the encyclopedia that says worst president ever, a criminal who sucked. But I want you to hear this brief audio soundbite on Jake Tapper's CNN show last night. Jared Moskowitz, obviously a Jewish Democrat congressman, he's from Florida, He's not giving up yet. The, the, the trenches, they don't know which way to go with this. Axelrod says, eh, it's Joe Biden's call, but it's really time for him to move along. Moskowitz, though, has a different story. I want you to hear what he says. Go. So we've now heard from a handful of Democrats, from David Axelrod uh, to Congresswoman uh, Jayapal uh, to obviously Dean Phillips, who's running against Biden in the primaries, all expressing concern about Biden's run in 2024, especially after the latest poll numbers. Um, do you share those concerns? I don't share those concerns. Now, look, I think we should look at the poll. We got to get into the data and we can figure out how we need to improve our, our messaging, because I do think we have a messaging issue in that we got to continue to feed the beast every single solitary day. It's about the messaging, Congressman. Do you think inflation is about messaging? Do you think grooming children in school is about messaging? Do you think mobilizing the federal government and turning them on a, a, an, a political opponent, do you, do you think that's about messaging? Do you think economics and inflation and how we're all suffering, you think this is about messaging, Jared? You feckless hack. You waffling zero reprobate. You think this is about messaging? Because down here in the trenches in Realville, it's about paying the price for your team's crappy politics, your decisions, your wasteful money spending, your corruption, Jared. That's the messaging. Audrey Hale was a product of that messaging. And we're going to talk about her and the media blackout about her obvious white racism next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, this story of the Nashville shooter, there's a reason why Democrats don't want us to talk about it. There is a reason why the network's did not spend one moment on it last night. And there is a reason that Google and Facebook 
have both silenced, squelched, censored the story. And it is simple. Because the young lady responsible for unspeakable horror is a product of the quote-unquote progressivist system. Raised in a family with traditional church-going, God-loving spirit. She was questioning of her sexual identity because that is the thing to do. When I was her age, the thing to do was to try to look like Madonna and to wear jelly bracelets. And more Aquanet than anybody humanly possible should be able to use. Now, the ante is upped. You're feeling awkward, are you? Uncomfortable. Is your face breaking out a little bit? Your voice is changing? You're not comfortable with how your body is changing? Well, let us manipulate that. Let us prey on that. That's what we're going to do because we need to create a new faction of angry militant activism. You can develop this activism in the terms of the climate. We're going to gin up a bunch of wackadoodles like Greta Thunberg who are fraudulent from Alpha to Omega. We can talk about that. We can get you guys active on things involving the Middle East. Let's get you active in that. That's taking place all across the country. It's taking place all across the world. Any of these issues. Audrey Hale was the living embodiment of that program, of that process, of that destruction, of that horror. And so I want to read to you a little bit about the story to block and to censor the news about this manifesto. What do we know about what she said? She was angry. She was taught to hate white people. White people, in her mind, as had been taught to her somewhere and reinforced, white people are the scourge of society. We are the oppressors. You know, it's interesting, all of these media folk scratch their head over this New York Times-Siena College poll that shows Donald Trump four to ten points ahead of Joe Biden a year away from the election in five of six critical swing states. Well, we need to fix the messaging, says Jared Moskowitz. No, see, it's your messaging that you... That you obviously don't understand. You've created an ocean of victims where it's easier to stay home and get a check from a government that tells you erroneously that it's not safe for you to go outside. So just stay home. And then we're going to send you another check and you're going to get kind of used to it. And you're going to get some extra cash in your pocket. And you're going to go back buy some dope. Just get comfortable. Just get comfortable. Don't show your work in math. Don't work hard. Don't dream. Don't try. You are disenfranchised. You are a victim. You are a, a product of the man. That is so scary. That is beyond outrageous. And of course, 
the media can't report on this. Facebook already censoring the Nashville shooter's alleged manifesto for violating community standards. Really? This is like a sheriff's deputy going up to a mom at a school board meeting who's holding up a book from that school's elementary library that talks about oral sex. And that sheriff's deputy snatching the book out of her hand and scolding her for delivering a message that was unbecoming and inappropriate for the audience. But it's appropriate for your first grade daughter. That is the realm of idiocy we are oscillating in right now. Facebook saying, this violates community standards. Well, you know what? Every damn thing you leftist, progressive, Leninist, Marxist, communist wackos are all about violates our standards. You have systematically dismantled the American family. You've preyed upon our children. You've driven a wedge between parents and children where to the rescue activist teachers of suck swoop in with their care and concern to wrap their arms around our children and to usher them into the transition closet to come out on the other side, scrambled, angry, and active. As much as we're looking at these people coming across our southern border and saying, who the hell are these people? And why are all of them young dudes? We have something probably darker going on in our midst in all of our neighborhoods simmering pressure cookers that all they need is a timer and they'll blow. After Stephen Crowder shared portions of the alleged manifesto of Nashville shooter Audrey Hale on various forms of social media, Facebook responded by censoring the content. Powerful forces on the left obviously don't want the public to see the information. She's not fueled by white nationalism. She's not a, um, she's not a Trumper. She's not a right-wing extremist or a threat to democracy, according to the left. And now the Nashville mayor, by the way, who's super ticked off that this manifesto got out, has launched an investigation into the leak. My man, how about you? And I'm presuming it's a man. Why don't you go find out who leaked the Dobbs decision? Because that's just as relevant, you clown. And we scratch our heads. What's going on in our American cities? We've allowed people who suck to slither in and take charge of them. Portions of writings purportedly penned by Audrey Hale, not purportedly anymore, confirmed the mass shooter who killed six people at a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee, were obtained by Stephen Crowder's team, who subsequently published the contents of her diary. Crowder shared the details of the shooter's writings on various social media platforms, including Facebook, which decided to censor the document, citing its, quote, community standards on violence and incitement. Well, it's funny because you cover wall to wall these pro-Palestine rallies, the convergence of, what, half a million people in D.C. over the weekend? You allowed that. 
that violates our community standards from the river to the sea. I'd say that's a violation. Facebook. The writings which are being referred to as Hale's Manifesto were found on the shooter after the tragic shooting. And so far, federal investigators in possession of them have withheld them from the public despite Freedom of Information Act requests and legal pressure. Why would you want to hide them? Why would Nancy Pelosi want all of the January 6th interviews, the 41,000 hours of video, the images from those 1,700 closed-circuit capital cameras, why would she want all those put on a shelf for 50 years? Why does the FDA want 75 years to tell you about its phase one clinical trial for which you were a human guinea pig, a lab rat? Well, you know, because the contents are damning, because the contents refute everything that these people who are frauds in and out try to tell you that they are. And they try to hook you in with these feelings of virtue. That is why people in your life who you love, and we all have them. I have them in my immediate family. How are you so easily conned? You're an intelligent individual. You are a thoughtful individual. You are kind. And if you saw someone in trouble, I know in your heart, how fast you would jump to help. I love you. You are a part of me. But what happened? How did you get sucked in? What part of you was missing that these people fulfilled? What were you lacking? That was filled by this alleged virtue of goodness, which is so destructive and dark and evil and wrong. And you know better. So, of course, it gives me joy to be able to report to you. Leading report, breaking news, Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana... Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and West Virginia have all now banned or restricted Zucksbucks. Mark Zuckerberg, as you well know, the head of Meta, of Facebook, of all things suck on that platform. These states are seeing through all of this. Facebook is showing its obvious colors. People are not asleep. We are awake and paying attention and mobilizing and say, take your drop boxes, take your activism, all of the filth ensconced in it, and get the hell out. Because if you can't show up today, and you can't vote. You probably ought to have a pretty good reason for that inability. Good for these states. Facebook, Google, trying to squash the, the reach of quote-unquote news. Actively playing propaganda master. Suck it. I say to those companies, we're on to you. 
And now we're using you. And it's fun. Quick time out. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, when hate turns to murder. A Jew in California killed by a pro-Palestine, pro-Palestine marcher. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. I think the obvious... The obvious line that the Biden administration is trying to dance around is that on paper, we're supposed to be allies with Israel. We look out for them. We protect them. But in reality, that's not what's going on behind the scenes. And I think for a lot of people, particularly the Jewish community, I'm not so sure they had any idea how rampant the anti-Semitic indoctrination in America and around the world, how serious it has become. And it's scary. A 67, 69-year-old man, a Jewish man, died yesterday after a young pro-Palestine protester hit him in the head with a megaphone at a rally and the guy fell and bonked his head on the ground tragically enough to suffer a brain bleed tragedy struck in los angeles monday when an elderly jewish man i'm not going to say in your 60s you're elderly i think that's wrong but an older jewish man succumbed to his injuries sustained at a pro-palestinian protest over the weekend The victim was involved in an altercation that took place on Westlake Boulevard in Ventura County during the demonstration Sunday. The Jewish man was walking near the protest. Some kind of a words exchange broke out between the unnamed victim, well, we know his name now, and a young protester when suddenly the man was hit in the head by the pro-Palestinian protester. The instrument of assault was allegedly a megaphone, The blow from which caused the man to fall onto the ground, suffering a severe head injury. Eyewitnesses accounted the horrifying scene of seeing the victim fall bleeding to the ground while a woman bearing a sign that read Free Palestine rushed to provide assistance. Now the image shows blood coming out of the man's mouth and his nose. And he's lying on the ground. And people are panicked. They get him to the hospital. And yesterday, he died. Now, wasn't a woman, the death of a woman in Charlottesville, the beginning of that whole mess that the media and and toxic leftists use to this day? As some feeble example of of President Trump being an inherent racist. Because he said there were good, good people on both sides. And so clearly, if you don't care about the death of a woman, a black woman, then what the hell are we doing here? Well, here we have a Jewish man assaulted, murdered by a man who believes in supporting Hamas. 
Where are the stories on this? Where is the wall-to-wall coverage? Well, I'll tell you. We're going to show you what's, what NBC put up as a, uh, as a headline last night in their coverage of it. Here you go. Under the banner, watch now. Man dies after hitting head during Israel and Palestinian rallies in California, officials say. One more time. Not pro-Palestinian protester bashes Jewish man in head, comma, causing fatal brain bleed, but rather man dies after hitting head during Israel and Palestinian rallies in California, officials say. I mean, how do you even respond to that? It's absolutely indefensible. And I, and I, I go through the news and I look at the coverage. I look at these headlines. TV ignores Donald Trump's GOP rivals. Blasts the ex-president with 93% bad press. There is a fixation. There is an addiction. I think addiction is the word. There is Donald Trump. Is what all of these people who are wayward, lost soul victims who have been conned, who have been sold a bogus bill of goods, who are products of the indoctrination complex of colleges and universities, who've been taught at home to hate because it's now a multi-generational phenomenon. These people find a unifying purpose in their loathing of Donald Trump. This is why people who know very little will say he's a criminal. He's a sex offender. He, f- he hates black people. He's anti-gay. He's anti-Muslim. No, he's none of those things. He is the product or the, I should say, the lightning rod of everything that drives these people totally bananas. And as they're fixated, giving him 93% bad press and not covering anybody else who's a Republican running for president. Look at these numbers. It's truly dizzying. From August 1 through October 31st, Donald Trump received 12 times more television news coverage, 380 minutes, 12 times more than his nearest rival, DeSantis, who got 30. They talked about Mike Pence only for two minutes, and that was because he withdrew. Nikki Haley, two minutes. Tim Scott, one minute. Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, four minutes each. There is no other story, ladies and gentlemen. They are focused and fixated on one person because they know that he is the face of a movement the likes of which they have underestimated for years. And they know we're coming. Hour two of the Wendy Bell Radio program up next. Don't go anywhere.